At first, people didn't get it. My friends were like, yo, what are you doing? I said, man, I'm gonna just try this YouTube thing. My wife was like, can you please clean the house before you start recording around the house? She's watching videos, her bras hanging up in the background. I was like, babe, it's authentic, chill. Okay, let's do this. This is Jeff. And I'm Andre. Are you ready? I'm ready. Love or work. Is anyone listening? No, don't put that on the air. These two people are really, really funny. This one made me cry. World Series champion. Around the entire world. NBA all-star. We hope you love this interview as much as we did. Love or work. Hello, how are y'all doing? How was lunch? Sorry about the long lines at lunch. Apparently there was only two food trucks, and they were supposed to be sick, so, so I want to apologize so about sweaty. that. So sweaty, so sweaty. And um, I also want to talk about our outfits. This is what happens after 17 years of marriage. You just show up to an event looking the same. Actually, that's not exactly what happened. Uh, I got dressed first this morning. <laughs> of course. Have of any course. of you guys ever been in this moment together? Listen, listen. Yeah. Did we introduce ourselves? Oh, I'm Jeff. You guys know me. I'm Andre. We are so glad you're here. We've been married for 17 years, and we have been wrestling with this question. Is it possible for both of us to live out our purpose in life and stay in love and raise a healthy family? Yes. So this is the first time we've worked together on a project. Um, Most people don't know. I do not work for plywood, so we are now engaging in this new adventure. Yeah, which reminds me of the time when we were all meeting, the two of us were meeting on a Friday afternoon. We had a 10 o'clock time set. I sent a meeting agenda to her, and she rolled in about 10.30. Because it's like my day off, and you know, I mean, 10 is like 10-ish, and you know, that's that's not like set. Right. So what I'm saying is it's been an interesting year working <laughs> together with my wife, right? Yeah, we, we're not the same. So how's it been way. for you? Well, he's like a stickler on time, I realize. That's a big deal. Yeah. Uh, um, no, but we do a podcast called uh, Love or Work, and it's actually been wonderful. It yeah. has... Uh, been like marriage counseling every single week. And I hope you guys check out our podcast sometime. And hopefully it's an encouragement to you guys as well. Yeah, we started this honestly out of a personal tension in our relationship, but also a tension we kept seeing in the plywood community. And so if you don't listen to the podcast, we highly recommend look it up on iTunes or whatever thing you have right now. Go find it, look it up called Love or Work and subscribe. We have already 53 or 54 episodes we've released, and we'll be doing another 50 over the next year as we get ready um, to share what's next. That's a lot. That's a lot. So in this session, we're excited because we invited two people that have kind of unique perspectives on this topic. And um, yeah, so you guys ready to kind of learn from them? All right. So our first speaker today is Glenn Henry. He is a stay-home father but also a YouTube sensation. So he is the creator of Belief in Fatherhood. He has a podcast called How Married Are You? And uh, in his, uh, his YouTube following is like 170,000 subscribers, 500,000 views per month. And he was even chosen uh, by YouTube as creator for change in 2018. 
So we want to say welcome. Plywood presents Glenn Henry. Hello, everyone. How's everyone doing? Good, okay. Uh, my name is Glenn Henry, but I used to be a rapper. I go by belief as a rapper. I made a channel called Belief in Fatherhood, okay? Now, before we get into this, I wanna make sure this is a safe space for me because I'm gonna tell you a very vulnerable story. Is this a safe space? Yes. Judgment-free zone, right? Okay, um, let's see. Uh, I'm gonna just tell you what happened. Every generation is trying to do better than the generation before them. My grandfather's father was mean. He was a very aggravating man. He, uh, I remember my grandfather, he's from Barbados. He told this story about this goat. He had this goat and he loved this goat. I don't know what the big thing is about goats, but he loved this goat. This goat was amazing. His father ended up selling the goat for money. He was so hurt by that, he vowed never in his life ever to take something that his kids loved away from them. He also eventually cheated on my grandmother. My father still meets siblings of his to this day that he never knew existed. My father vowed never to cheat on his wife, but my father wasn't a very present man. He provided, he loved his wife well, but we didn't really, we weren't close. I don't think he ever knew how much I needed him around, how much I needed him there, around, and present. I vowed as a child that if I ever had kids, I'd be there, I'd be around, and be present. How many parents we got in the house? Shout out to all y'all. Who's watching y'all kids right now? We need to get a, baby, a babysitting circuit going on around here. Who, who does not have kids? Not care? Okay, shout out to y'all. Uh, so I vowed to always be there, always be around, always be present. My wife and I met in 2007. I started dating her in 2009. We got married in 2010, right? Now, she knew I was a rapper. You know, she was a school teacher. She had no problem with that. But a few years later down the road, she's like, so how long are you going to rap for? And I was like, excuse me. I'm, I'm good at rapping, first of all. And I never said it was going to be a time limit on, limit on this thing. But she knew that uh, we needed to make a certain amount of money living in San Diego, California. Is anyone familiar about the housing rate out there? It's a little high. Um, so she was like, you know, how long is this going to happen? And I was like, I, I, I don't know. Um, I was a rapper traveling around, rapping. We had two boys, and my job was to travel around and not be there, not be around, and not be present. My kids didn't like that very much, but my wife was a G. She told me the truth. She said, oh, and for those of you who uh, haven't been married yet or not married, make sure you choose someone who's going to keep it real with you. I asked her, I said, um, how much money do I have to make each month to justify me leaving the house? She said, uh, I don't know. She said, I said, well, how much? Is it, is it $5,000, $10,000, $20,000 a month? And she said, basically, you're asking me how much money it would take for you to turn me into a single mother. That hurt. So I had to think, 
was it really worth it for me to go around the country, traveling around in all these different places, and rap, inspire people? Now, I loved doing it, I was good at it, but the issue was, I realized that the people I was on stage, like, showing love to and supporting, they were getting inspired, but the biggest stage I'd ever stand on is in front of my children, even my, in my living room. Those are the people I have the most effect on. So I decided to cut back the rapping. I became a stay-at-home father, and um, we had a lot of fun during those days. My wife asked me another question, and uh, she, she's, she's a good one. She's always asking me stuff that irritates me. Uh, but she challenges me. And she said, uh, one night we were laying in bed. It was like 11 o'clock. She goes, babe, tell me a bedtime story. I'm like, it's 11 o'clock. I'm trying to go to sleep too. And she's like, well, well tell, me, tell me your five-year plan. And I was like, uh, five-year plan? I, I don't know, whatever God has for us. And she was like, I trust you with my family and my future, and you don't have five years planned out? Rolled over and went to sleep. <laughs> now, I can't sleep, okay? I'm sitting there kind of shaking. I'm feeling weird, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm having daydreams about her leaving me. Like, I don't know what's going on. Why would she say that? Like, it's so late at night, I couldn't sleep. So, I get up, I, I, I go to the computer, and I'm like, what's a five-year plan? How do I, uh, five years. And then I sat down with a friend of mine who asked, always asked the most challenging questions. Um, and he said, uh, what's your five-year plan? I said, dog, that's why I'm here. He said, well, what's your 10-year plan? I said, bro, I don't know. He said, well, what's your 15-year plan? I said, well, I know that I don't want to be rapping anymore. Okay, I was 30 at the time. I didn't want to be 45 in Minnesota talking about get your hands up. You know what I'm saying? So he said, okay, what do you want to be doing? I said, I want to be telling people how great it is to be a father. He said, oh, okay. What, who do you want to be speaking to? I was like, well, right now they're kids, about 15 years old. He was like, okay, well, where are they? I was like, they're in school. He said, no, where's their attention? I was like, oh, it's on the internet. He was like, where at on the internet? I was like, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Well, not really Facebook, Snapchat. And so he goes, okay, well, how often do you have to post over a 15-year span to grow to whatever portion you want to grow to? So I looked it up. We just looked up the blogs, and he said, okay, well, if you follow this plan in 15 years, you should be able to accomplish the things you want to do. Six months later, I started my YouTube channel, Belief in Fatherhood. At first, people didn't get it. My friends were like, yo, what are you doing? I said, man, I'm going to just try this YouTube thing. My wife was like, can you please clean the house before you start recording around the house? She's watching videos, her bras hanging up in the background. I was like, babe, it's authentic, chill. But she didn't get it. And I was so focused on, at first I was focused on trying to get people to understand what, what my mission was. It was very important for me to have that support, but I didn't get it at first. But I got the vision. And fulfilling God's vision was my purpose. It wasn't for me to get someone else to agree with it. Some, some of you guys have visions in your head and you can't wait to tell your friends, can't wait to tell your mom, you expect them to have a great, great response to it, and that may not be the case. But if you have the vision, you have to manifest it 
in order for people to see it. So at first my wife was like, cool, that's nice. Let me know when you're finished so we can figure out how we're gonna start to, you know, have a real job type situation. And then she started to see the comments. People were in the comments section, they were saying, man, I'm 12 years old, my dad wasn't there, I, I can't wait to be a father, thank you. Messages like, man, I haven't talked to my dad in eight years, but this video, give me the courage to give him a call, thank you. And now I'm realizing that I'm dealing with this, this reconciliation process, my wife is seeing the value, and she's like, okay, I get it. So you know what she did? She quit her job. <laughs> She quit her job, like the job that was funding us. She's a math teacher, and I'm a YouTuber. I was making like $1,700 a month. That wasn't enough, not at all. But I put my pedal to the floor, and um, I worked really hard, and I got to a point of where we were sustaining ourselves. Things were going great. Um, I found out what I really wanted to do. Before, I would come home from work and she'd say, hey babe, how was your day? And I'd say, please, don't ask me. I don't want to talk or think about that place until I have to be there again. But every day was like a, a new thing for me. I had this infatuation with productivity. It was amazing and I felt like I had so much worth and purpose. So I'm killing it. I think I'm doing great. And then my son pulls me to the side and he says, hey, um, he says this. You should do something. What should I do? You should not work. I should not work. But you only can work to get some money. You always work to get some money for kids and for adults. And now, guess what? What? You have to get a lot of time with your family. I have to get a lot of what? You don't have to have play with a lot of time with your family. I have to play with my family. Yes. So what? What, what do you? What do you have to say? And I'm done. Okay. So my son was telling me, "You're not spending enough time with your family." That's my oldest son. He's in the back. He he's six years old at the time. He was five. He's the oldest male in the house after me. He decided that it was his responsibility to hold his father accountable and say, you're not playing with, playing with us like you used to. Um, you're not around as much as you should be. You're working too much. You're only focused on money. But for me, I was killing it. I, my wife had, had accumulated, and my wife and I had accum accumulated uh, about $34,000 in, in school loans. And so my goal for that year was to pay off the school loans. And we did that year. We, last year we paid off all our, and I think I'm killing it, but I have my son coming to me and saying, bro, <laughs> you're totally dropping the ball. Now, if I was a kid and I came up to my dad and I said, hey, let me tell you something. You ain't spending enough time with me, partner. <laughs> that would probably have been my last words. <laughs> because we weren't able to communicate to our parents that way. But I'm so proud that my son was able to understand that his opinion is valued and I will listen to him. So after having this conversation with my son, I had to kind of think about um, this myth, work-life balance. Everyone talks about it. It's supposed to be this thing that at 34 years old, I'm supposed to figure this out right now. 
mind you, I just had, um, or I have four kids, I have a new career, I have family, I have all these other things going on, but I'm supposed to be balanced. Um, and I feel like it's this challenge that never gets met. Do any of you guys feel pressured to have work-life balance? Some of you? Yeah. Work-life balance um, is difficult because these two opposing forces are supposed to work in harmony, and you need work to survive. Somebody has to work. You know, someone has to provide for what's happening, and then, and then life is always going on. And balance is, is this weird thing. It's like watching a baby take its first steps. Balance implies that first you have to be off balance in order to get on balance. So at first you're unstable, so you have to figure out how to get better with the stability. And it takes a while, and it's frustrating. I always get frustrated when people tell me to have more balance, even though it's necessary. It takes a lot of discipline, and I'm not there yet. But it's different when you have a family. My wife gave birth to our daughter in 2017. It's fire, right? It's fire experience. Haven't had a kid have one, it's dope. Check it. So we have this home birth, everything is amazing. She is, uh, the birds are chirping through the window. The sun is peeking through. M music is blasting loud. My wife is, and I'm watching my wife go through this experience and it totally puts things in perspective for me. She becomes the hero, I'm the sidekick. My wife is a hero. Amazing, amazing woman. She gives birth to our daughter. I'm there for it. I got to help. I got to be there. I got to, to tag along and cheer her on. I watch my son, Uriah, the, the second oldest, hold her and say, Mommy, you're okay. You're okay, Mommy, through her contractions. It was the most amazing thing ever. And I said, I will never miss a moment like this ever again in my life. I will always be here, always be around, always be present. Then we got pregnant again. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what you do when you like each other. You make babies. So, about to be a family of four. Everything's going great. Um, we're getting commercials. We were in a Disney commercial. We were in a, a Pampers commercial with John Legend. I'm in, uh, uh, I'm, I'm in uh, a uh, other commercials. So we're accomplishing a lot. We're doing stuff at Disney. We're, this is amazing. And I get this call. They're like, yo, we need you to come and shoot this commercial. I said, okay, cool. They said, we need your sons to come. I said, no problem. Only problem is I got a baby on the way. I need to make sure it's not during the time the baby's coming. They said, uh, okay, when's the baby due? I said, June 21st. They said, okay, uh, we're gonna schedule the shoot for June 25th. Babies don't come on time. Ugh, I hate telling this story. Okay, so I go up to do the shoot. My sons come with me. This is a Tuesday. Are you guys tracking, following along here? Am I going too fast? Cool, all right. This is a Tuesday. Uh, we go up, do the wardrobe. We go see Toy Story 4, right? We go back to the hotel. Next morning, we wake up. We have a call time at 6.45, and I get this call. My wife, babe, oh no. Please not, please not now, please tell me not now. Now, put things in perspective. Just leave, right? Only problem is, we're a family of five, we, we drive an Xterra. <laughs> we only can fit three car seats in the back, so we are saving up for a bigger car. This commercial that I'm on pays for the car, right? This is work and this is life. Somewhere in there I'm supposed to balance. So I get this call and I'm sitting there 
and my wife is like, babe, I need you to come home. I need you to be there. I need you to be around. I need you to be present. I said, okay, babe, I'm leaving. I'm about to leave the set. They're like, wait, 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 what are you doing? I said, I got to go. My wife's having a baby. I'm sorry. We got to cancel the shoot. It's a million-dollar shoot. I'm the star of the daggone shoot. I got all the lines. And so they're like, listen, bear with us. If you give us three hours, we'll, we'll get a helicopter and fly you home. But, but we just need you here for three hours. I said, uh, okay, all right, okay, let's do it. So my wife calls during the shoot. I walk away to get the phone. She calls and says, babe, why aren't you in the car? It's FaceTime. I said, babe, the helicopter, they're gonna, I'm going to fly a helicopter home. She goes, I'm ready to push. I just was like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, stuck. Yvette's like having, um, she's like pushing, she's pushing. And so like, I'm having this moment where I'm watching my wife get birth or push and I'm so far away. And at that moment, I felt like a failure. Like I felt like, um, like I chose money over my family. In that moment, I swear it was one of the worst moments in my life because I missed the very thing I'm supposed to be here for. I felt like a coward. I chose money over my family and I missed my daughter cheering my wife on. The best thing I can do as a father is apologize. You end up getting more, having more grace for your family or for your father once you grow up. You end up having more grace for your mother once you grow up. You realize you just can't be there for every moment. Then you have to apologize. That's the biggest thing I can do. Now, how do you apologize to an infant? You guys ever heard of a rebirth? Yeah. So a rebirth is where you go through the process of filling up the birthing pool blowing it up, getting back into the pool, and it's like healing for birth trauma. And mostly it happens with mothers who are having trouble latching or having postpartum, but this is, I did it as a father because I'm a very, I felt distant. And because I felt so distant, I had to do something about it, so this was our process. I'm tired of comparing myself to the generations before us. It doesn't make any sense. We're all gonna be off balance. So I challenge all of you, instead of comparing yourself to your parents, the generations before, and trying to be better, just be the best you can for your children. Thank you. I'm all teary-eyed. I know, right? That rebirth got me. That was beautiful. Why is it that every time we get in front of people on the podcast here, they all make you cry? I always I mean, cry. I don't cry. Just kidding. It was amazing. I was over there cheering up. I, it's a beautiful story, I think. And honestly, like the most visual 
example right. that Depiction. you can imagine of that tension, right? Yeah. What, what did you take away from that? Well, I really like the idea of, um, well, the questions of what's your five-year plan, what's your 10-year, all that idea, but really basically saying, like, what is the end game? So if you start with where you want to see yourself at the end mm. and then where you are right now. So at the end, are you still wanting to be with this partner while you're watching your kid walk down the aisle? Are you wanting to be with this partner while your kid is graduating from high school? And I think if you start with that end game, that's like what you're working towards. I love it. I was really challenged by a statement. He said this, that one of, I'm going to paraphrase it, see if I get it right. He said, the greatest stage that you can be on is in your living room. I thought that was a powerful idea. Yeah. That right in front of your kids is the place that you can invest that much energy and creativity into those people that are closest to you. I thought that was really important. Yeah. And then giving your kids, um, knowing that their opinions are valued. I think that was really beautiful. We were challenged in one of our podcasts to ask our kids the question, how are we doing as parents? Mm -hmm. And I think that kind of goes to, Glenn, what you were saying about listening to your kid when he's... Uh, giving you some critique, some feedback. So uh, I challenge y'all, maybe you should ask your children if you have them, how are we doing? What do you think? What could we do better? Um, how could we be better? Um, it's a scary question. I don't know if I'd want to video. Know. I don't, you never know what you're going to get. I don't know if I'd want to videotape it and share it in front of people. So thanks for sharing that with us. It was very vulnerable. I appreciate it, Glenn. This episode was produced by DJ Obdiggy for Soul Graffiti Productions.